I want to pray for you in a second, but I, I want you to join me in prayer, like really believe in prayer. Um, I believe something happens every, every time I pray, I really do. Like something very, very real happens. So this last year, for example, okay, in February, I prayed. Um, I prayed every month, but in February, there was a, yeah, it was a good month, you know. It, it was a, there was something, okay, there was this guy in, you know, in, in my church, I just loved this, this young man who was so close to God, like, Every time I get together with them, we talk about the scriptures that we would read. And, and I'd come home and tell my wife, I'm like, man, this guy, it's like the, the way he talks about his relationship with God, like he really knows him. I trust him so much. I can hang out with him all of the time. And my wife would always be like, gosh, you, you really like this guy. I do. I do. And, and in, back in February... I just thought, you know what, God, I'm going to ask for something real specific. I almost feel like, am I allowed to ask this? But can you have this guy, Justin, fall in love with my daughter? Like, I, I seriously, I just said, God, specifically, I want him in my family. Okay. I've got seven children, okay, Rachel's my oldest, and I just thought, you know what, I've never prayed anything like this, God, but I want him in my family. You know, and I read, like today's read, you know, it was about Isaac, you know, and Rebecca, and, you know, Jacob, and Rachel, I mean, this is the way it happens. And, uh, so seriously, I just came before God, I said, God, I would love for him to leave my daughter. Nothing happens, right? I don't even know each other. And then in, uh, then in July... July, I had one of those days, I don't know if you ever have those days when you're praying and you say, God, I feel distant from you. And I've never prayed this before where I said, God, could you please just show some love to me today? And then about an hour or two later, that kid Justin comes up to me and says, hey, can I ask your daughter out? Like, can I pay for it? Can I, you know? I told, I, no, I just, I just spill it. I'm like, listen, there's no one on earth I'd rather ask my daughter out. Like, I, I love everything about you, you know? It, it, it <laughs> um, if she doesn't go out with you, I will. You know, it was just... <laughs> That was in July, and they got married last month. And I go, you know, I tell people, I go, I don't know what I love more. That Justin is my son-in-law now, you know? Or that God listens to me. You know what I mean? Like, so specifically, to say, God, I believe this. I Thing and look at what you say about prayer and scripture, and I believe this. You guys, and so when I say, Hey, I want to pray for you, I don't mean, Hey, close your eyes and I'm just going to recite a poem or something. I mean, I really believe that I'm speaking to someone and that he hears me. And like, like uh, the verse that, that, that your, your worship leader was saying in the beginning about how we can have confidence to come before God. But it's interesting, a, a couple chapters after that, after Hebrews 10, is, is in, 
in chapter 12, there's a passage that I've been reading lately just to, to get my mind right for prayer. Because sometimes we forget who we're speaking to and we just kind of close our eyes and talk. And we don't think you realize who you're talking to. And it says in Hebrews 12, verse 18, he says, you have not come to what may be touched. A blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches a mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels and festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Guys, that's who I'm speaking to when I pray. Does that even enter your mind when you close your eyes and you come into your presence? You're going, man, I'm not speaking to like another human being that I can touch. He says, I'm, I'm speaking to someone who can't be touched. I'm speaking to this blazing fire, this tempest, this gloom, this darkness, this amazing power. There's this being who, when he spoke, it said the hearers started begging that he would stop speaking. See, sometimes we forget, we think, oh, God, I want to hear your voice. And they're going, we don't, we can't take any more of your voice. It's so intense. And, 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 and Moses is there trembling with fear. And he says, and then there's these innumerable angels all celebrating a festival gathering. And there's God. That's who you're approaching, the judge of all. And Jesus, the mediator of this new covenant. That's why I can have, current, I mean, it's an amazing thought that I can come into the presence of that and say, Dad, Abba, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And when I speak to that God, things happen. There's a reason why you're in this room today, and there's a reason why I'm in this room today. I'm going to ask him to reveal that to us. And I'm going to ask him to do things that you did not expect to happen today to you inwardly. So would you join me as I come before the one who cannot be touched, this blazing fire, innumerable angels, a holy God, and I'm going to talk to him right now. Holy, holy, holy. 
Holy, holy, holy are you, God. I can't believe you're listening to me right now. God, I come before you because your word says that I can, because of Jesus, that I have access. I'd never be able to speak to you on my own, in my own righteousness, Lord. I've done so many things that are offensive to you, that are disgusting to you, and I'm so sorry. I only come before you because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. That gives me access to you, God, and I thank you for him. I praise him. I worship him. That according to what he says, I'm righteous now. And so, God, I... I love you. I love your presence. I love the fact that you listen. Thank you for redeeming so many of us in this room. And God, today I pray that you would open our eyes even more. That we would just learn some facts. But God, that something spiritual would literally happen to us, for us in us from you please God have mercy on us pour your grace on us so that we can experience you this morning in Jesus name I pray share a, a passage with you. This isn't the passage I'm going to go through, but I feel like it's, it's important that we get this before we get into the main passage. I, I think it's just important for our generation. Um, in some ways, I feel like this is the, the passage we have to get as believers in this generation. And that's Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, this is what God says. Listen closely. He says, my thoughts, this is God speaking, he goes, my thoughts are not key. They are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We've got to get this passage right here, right now, 2017, that God in heaven says, I want you to understand something. My thoughts are not the same as yours. Okay, your thoughts are not the same as mine. The, the way you do things is not the way I do things. He says, in fact, my ways and my thoughts are so much higher than yours. You see those stars up there? You see the heavens up there? Those are like my thoughts and my ways and you down there. Those are your ways and your thoughts. This is huge. 
This is why when I wake up in the morning, I don't sit and meditate and just look inside myself and go, what do I think? What do I feel? And then I'll tweet it out. Here's what I think. Because who cares what I think? My thoughts are down here as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are his thoughts. So what's the point of me coming up here and sharing with you my thoughts? That's why in the morning I get alone with the Bible and go, wait, help me understand your thoughts. And as I read this book, I go, that's weird, that's weird, that's weird, that's weird, right? Why? Because that's not how I would have done it. Those aren't my ways, those aren't my thoughts. And if there's one thing, man, one practice, one discipline, our generation needs to understand, it's to think less of our own thoughts. To stop believing everything we think and feel. If we believe the scriptures where God says, look, my thoughts aren't yours. This book should contradict the way you think. It should contradict the way you feel. It should contradict the way you do things. Because we come before it, okay, this is higher than me. I know it's hard for some of you to do, to think that anyone can think better than you. Okay? But God says it's not even a competition. Okay? See the heavens? And you're trying to jump for that, you know? He goes, no, no, that's, that's, that's it. And you say, well, but everyone thinks this way. And God says, let every man, let God be true, though every man a liar. Romans 3, 4. He goes, I don't care if the whole world says, hey, but we all agree down. He goes, you know what? Let God be true, though every man a liar. He says, you understand there's a gap between the one who made everything and a created being. And even if you put all the created things together, and they all agree it doesn't matter, he trumps it all. I don't even use that word anymore. It, it's just, he, he uh, I, I hate it every time I say it, I'm like, wait, I can't distract you, know, but uh, it's a whole idea that, I don't know, I, we just value what we think way too much. And that's why I'm saying, hey, let's go to this, go to this, go to this. So here's the passage I've been praying for you. I've been praying this for myself ever since, okay, last year, we, you know, we all did that read through the Bible, you know, the, 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 the read scripture. And um, when we got to Ephesians and I got to this passage, it just hit me and I just kept reading it over. And then I started praying it for myself over and over and over because I needed it. I needed this and it's helped me so much just praying this. And so I've been praying this for this morning and I'm encouraging you to pray it for yourself because this is a prayer where Paul's, Paul's saying, this is what I pray for you, Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, verse 16, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, 
and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Okay, Paul is praying this for the Ephesians. So understand, these are believers. And he goes, ever since I heard about your faith and everything, I haven't stopped praying for you. So he believed these are believers. He goes, this is what I'm praying for. I'm praying for the spirit of revelation and wisdom so that you can know him. And that you have the eyes, listen to this phrase, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Okay, this morning we experienced enlightening, right? Did you see that? Yeah, we were all in darkness and suddenly the lights turned on. It's like, oh my gosh. That's what he's saying can happen to us spiritually inside. And that's another reason why he did what he did this morning. Someone say this is a glimpse of it. But he says, he doesn't say your eyes, your physical eyes. He says the eyes of your heart. Like, like somehow, inwardly, the heart and the Greek, the mindset was that it, it was the center of who you are. It was like the mission control center, the, the, the seat of decision making, the seat of emotions. It, it's that, that core being in you where you decide what to do next and what you feel. All of that, he goes, I want that part of you to be enlightened. It's a beautiful picture. See, see, I can't enlighten your heart. Paul can't enlighten your heart. He can't have you see where you just feel like, I get it. I so get it. I am so excited right now. I'm so right with you. You just see everything from a spiritual perspective. And that's why Paul says, that's why I'm praying for it. See, I can't. I can teach you math, like up to like multiplication. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can do long division anymore, but you, you know, it's, it's, um, I can communicate certain things to your mind, but Paul's saying there's, there's something deeper to get someone to understand it. It takes this enlightening. He says, I can't communicate that. I can't teach that. So I pray for it. But this is what he prays for. I, he, he prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Have the eyes of your heart enlightened. Why? That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. He goes, this is what I'm praying. I'm praying that inside. Because you can say, oh yeah, one day I'm going to die and I get to see God and I'll be in heaven with him forever. Okay, you can say that in your mind. You can write an essay. You can, you know, multiple choice, you'll get it right. But he's saying, no, 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 what I want to do is I want that inside of you to really know the hope to which he's called you. And that's not something I can just explain. You've had that explained to you many times, but you need the lights to come on. To where you go, I get it. I so know my hope. I so understand where I'm going. Because the truth is, is most of us are terrible hopers. I am a terrible hoper. I am. I go into so many situations expecting the worst. I used to be able to hope. When I was a kid, I was awesome at hoping. Weren't you? Right? 
you know, he, he knew this trip to Disneyland was coming. It's just like, I, I just took like my five-year-old. She's like my sixth or fifth kid. And, and I took her, I took her to, you know, I was speaking down in LA. And so I told her, hey, I'm gonna take you on this trip. And a friend got me tickets, you know, like park hopper tickets, where you go to, you know, uh, California Adventure, and, you know, and I'm showing you on the internet all the things we're gonna get to do. And my mind every day is like, 13 more days, right? 13 more days, right? 12 more days, right? 11 more days. And, and it's just like this hope, 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 just tomorrow, 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 you know? And, you know, just waking up and getting there and everything. It was just hope, hope, hope. Remember that when you were a kid? Where you would look forward to something? And then now, because sometimes you hope for it and it doesn't happen. And then, then you hope for something else and it didn't happen. And you hope for something else and it didn't happen. And then sometimes the actual opposite happens. And, and, and you just you get closed off like, I'm not going to be hurt again. I'm not going to have these high expectations for any day or anyone or anything. I'm just going to expect the worst. This guy's probably lying to me. She's probably going to betray me. This way, when it happens, I'm not going to be hurt. And then if something decent happens, you go, oh, good day. Right? And yet God says, I don't want you to be that way with my promises. If that's you, then you've got to change and become like little children. And I want you to know the hope to which he's called you to. I want you to know that there is a day when I will walk with you and wipe every tear from your eyes and there'll be no more sickness, there's no more pain, there's just no more sadness. Like I want you to know it in your heart, that kind of hope. And, and I didn't even figure this out until a few days ago, but it's interesting because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Verse 9, listen to what it says. As it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Okay, so according to that verse, there, there are things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Like we have never seen it. We don't get what God has prepared for those who are in love with Him. Because I have something for you. No one's ever seen it. No one's ever heard it. Whatever. But then He says, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. So somehow, there's something spiritual that can happen in me to where I actually know the hope to which I've been called. And I don't sit here wondering if it's gonna be better, wondering if I'm actually gonna be there, but I can actually know it, and I can know that hope. Can you imagine if you were just 100% sure that any second you're gonna be in His presence? And you knew what being in his presence was going to be like. And you knew what that eternal state was going to be like. How could anything get you down? That's why Paul's saying, man, I, I know some of you know this in your head and say you believe it in your head. But I want this hope to be in your heart and you know it. And that's why I'm praying that, boom, you're just enlightened. 
the lights pop on inside and you go, I so get it. And the stuff on earth, this doesn't even matter because I know where I'm going tomorrow or I know where I'm going in a couple years or, or, or a few months, however long the Lord, I just know what's coming and I'm so filled with hope. So he prays for that. And here's the, the second thing that he prays for, is three things. The, the second thing is probably the hardest for me. Ah, they're all hard. But this, the second thing he says, if you have any eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Okay, you, you've got you've to catch every word here. Okay, what are the riches? What are the riches of His? Don't miss that word. His glorious inheritance. Wait, whose inheritance? Isn't this supposed to be about me and my inheritance? No, no, earlier in Ephesians 1, he talks about our inheritance, but now he's talking about his inheritance. And he says, I want you to know about his inheritance, his, the riches of his glorious inheritance. Well, what's his inheritance? He says, in the saints. Wait, God's looking at us, his saints, as his glorious inheritance? The riches of his glorious inheritance? Think about these words. Imagine if you had an inheritance coming to you. Just say you have an uncle that you didn't really even know, okay? And, and he's, he's, he's at the end, and, and a billion dollars is coming your way. Okay? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm really doing this. You, you know, it's just, it's just, oh, man, oh, man. You're like, like the thought, okay, this is crazy stuff for some of us. To believe that God looks at me and says, I can't wait. God, the God, God we pray to, right? The, the, the blazing fire, you know, the darkness, the gloom, the, 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 the innumerable angels, you know, the voice, all of that. That God is looking from heaven and going, I can't wait for Francis. I'm supposed to believe that? Some of us, some of you grew up like I did, where you have a dad who's there physically, but you just feel like he never even wanted you. And where I never had a single conversation with him. And when I would make mistakes, he would tie me to a tree and beat me. And just feel like I was never good enough. And so then when, when I'm 12 years old and he dies of cancer and I see his body go in the grave, there's a certain sense of fear. But there's also a sense of which, oh, good. I don't have to deal with him anymore. I don't think he ever even wanted me to be born. He was born right here in San Francisco, in Chinatown, in, in, in the hospital. And when I was born, his wife died giving birth to me. 
And so he probably would have been much happier if I was never here. Maybe that's why we never had a relationship. Maybe, maybe this. And you go through your whole life where, man, I'm not my sisters. I'm not the 4.0 student. I'm not my brother. You know, in the whole high school, you know, just, just the popular. I'm just, I'm, no one wants me, okay? And then I read this and you're telling me the God of the universe who spoke everything, you know, the lightning, the thunder, the fire, everything is going, man, I can't wait to inherit him. Man, the glorious riches, the riches of my glorious inheritance in Francis. How are some of us supposed to believe that? And that's why Paul says, that's why I can pray for you. I want the lights to come on. And somehow through the Spirit, you cry out, Abba, Father. Somehow you go, no, he seriously loves me. He can't wait to inherit me. That Jesus Christ did something so beautiful when he redeemed me, made me so beautiful that I become like this gorgeous bride. And he becomes the groom. And he says, I can't wait. I wait for you to believe that. See, some of you, I know, I know what you're going through. You would say, well, yeah, I believe it, but you don't know it. Your heart's not enlightened to that. I mean, can you imagine if just us in this room, what if we knew the hope to which we've been called? We're sure of the inside, like the lights are all on. Oh yeah, I know where I'm going. And what if us, we all knew and had this security in God going, man, he loves me. He's crazy about what Jesus did and purified me. Maybe one of his kids, he can't wait. He hates being separated from me and cannot wait. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. It's like he's waiting for me. What if we all knew that? Then suddenly, it wouldn't hurt so much when people rejected us. It wouldn't hurt so much when things on earth don't go quite so well when because the lights are on in here. You go, I'm adored by the God of the universe. Shut up. You know? And, and I've got all forever with him. I so get this hope and I can't wait. I can't wait to get out of here and be with him. That's what Paul's praying for. And then finally this. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? What is, listen to this. What is the immeasurable, immeasurable, immeasurable greatness immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. To believe, like, in my flesh, to walk up here. Man, I think in my mind, this is San Francisco. Some of you guys are brilliant. In fact, last night, my second, third daughter was just, <laughs> my third daughter was just making fun of my SAT score. 
because she just blew it out of the water. She beat me by 200 points. Okay? And it's in the 1200s. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you know, it's just, it's just, she's on another level. 17, she, she's smart. We go through museums and she has to explain everything to me. And I'm like, okay, okay why did we leave? The British or whatever. You know, and, and she's explaining that because this, 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 this. And so you think in the flesh, I don't come up here and go, man, you're talking to people who are a lot smarter than you, more, you know, that they've accomplished more, this, 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 this. And that's when I have to say, no, shut up, Francis. Those are your thoughts. You think you're powerless. But your thoughts really aren't that great. Here's God's thoughts. And God says there's actually this immeasurable greatness to this power towards you. According to the word of God, I can come up here and speak these things. And they're not powerless. In fact, there's immeasurable power as I exercise my gift in front of you. That some of you today are going to go, man, it was crazy. It was like the lights came on. Like, I get it. I didn't hope. I get it. I, I didn't understand that he really loved me. And now suddenly I understand this power. And I really believe that you can walk out of this door changed. Like supernaturally. Why? Not because there's anything great about me. It's about this immeasurable greatness of power toward me through His Spirit. What would reality church be like if we really knew these things? Where well, we got it and the lights turned on. Can you imagine walking out of these doors totally sure of our hope, totally sure of His love for us, Holy sure of his power through us. We're unstoppable. That's why Paul says, I'm praying for this. I'm praying for this. I'm praying that those lights will come on. And I'm telling you, the more I've prayed for this, the more I'm seeing it, the more I'm believing it, the more I'm getting it. I've struggled with insecurity so much in my life. And you try to work for something and earn something. Like that dad that you is never good enough for. And then I just start praying this. And I can't explain it. It's just like every time I pray, I'm just more sure. God really loves me. Like God really loves me. And he can't wait to see me. And my future is so sad. And there are things on earth that he's called me to do, and I'm going to pull it off. I mean, I really am. Like, nothing can stop me. And God's going to build his church through me, and the gates of hell aren't going to stop me. I'm going to believe these promises. I'm not going to be like Sarah, who laughs at the promise. But no, no, no. I believe it. Jesus says, I'll do even greater things than he did. When God, give me... The faith enlighten my heart so I can believe all of this. But I want to pray for you again to close my time. Not to end a sermon. But I believe there's power when I pray. Like things happen. Like something spiritually happens in this room when I pray. And so would you join me?
God, open our eyes and enlighten our hearts, Lord, so we can see the hope to which you've called us. Things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what you have prepared for those who love you. Reveal that to us by your spirit, please. May we see the unseen. And God, for those of us who have felt insecure because of all the baggage we bring into this, enlighten our hearts. So we can know that we're loved by you, deeply loved by you. And that is all that matters. God, to see an almighty, powerful, blazing fire, innumerable angels, holy God, long for us. Open our eyes so we can believe in you. And open our eyes, Lord, now. For those of us who just believe that we're failures, we don't measure up, and we're happy with mediocrity, God, help us to really know the immeasurable greatness of power toward us who believe. Father, my spirit, I pray this for all of us. Open our eyes. Please, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray.